and welcome back to Coco Sleep, a podcast of original children's bedtime stories and meditations designed to make bedtime a dream. Tonight's story is so jam-packed with wonderful imagery that I'm tempted to get out my colouring pencils and paints. And I want to invite any of you to do the same, although maybe do it tomorrow when you're more awake. But before we start, I would like to say a ginormous hello to our newest Coco Clubbers. Hi, River, Rosanna, Alexia, Emily, Henrik, Hannah, Nolan, Gavin, Maverick, Olivia, Luna, Georgia, Ada, Arthur and Kowali. Thank you all so much from me, from Coco, from the entire team for joining us and supporting the show. Before we begin, a quick message for the grown-ups. If you'd like to support our podcast, enjoy ad-free listening, unlock four bonus stories per month, and much, much more, you can join Coco Club. Subscribe in just two taps via the link in the show notes. But now, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Now then, get ready for a wonderful ride as we get ready to head back into the wonderful world of Aunt Tilly, Bo, Mellow Yellow, the van, and we're going to join them on their next adventure where they pick up more vanimals on their search for light one drizzly, mizzly day. Oh, just before we set off, get into bed and get all your wiggles and giggles out. Have a stretch if you need and find your comfiest position on the mattress. Maybe try having a lovely sigh on your next out-breath. <sighs> and relax a little bit more. Close your eyes. Lovely. Now, let's see what happens in Tilly and Bo and the Search for Light by Jane Thomas. It was yet another rainy day in a long line of rainy days. Bo didn't mind rainy days so very much, to be honest, because they gave him an extra reason, as if extra reasons were needed, to go to his favourite bookshop. The bookshop sits halfway up the hill from lower starry skies and halfway down the hill from upper starry skies. In order to keep everyone happy, the bookshop is called neither up nor down. It was mizzling when Bo left home, the sort of mizzle that makes you think perhaps the sun will shine after all. By the time he reached the bottom of the hill, it was drizzling. He thought about putting up his umbrella, but instead just buried his hands in his pockets and hunched his shoulders a little more and kept going. But when he drew level with the little church, it was out and out pouring down, fat raindrops splashing and bouncing off the road. Under such circumstances, the umbrella was essential. And so it was he entered neither up nor down, making the little bell announce his arrival to everyone already there, and he shook out the umbrella and popped it into the stand. Bo walked into the centre of the shop, past the high shelves crowned with teetering piles of books and settled himself into the cosiest, comfiest chair right by the fire. It was just as he liked it, neither at the front 
nor at the back, but happily somewhere in between, able to see both ends of the store and keep an eye on proceedings. You never knew, after all, when someone would come in and want a book fetching down from a shelf higher than they could reach, or perhaps they would ask for recommendations, and Bo was full of those. Today, he decided to indulge in a little armchair travel. He went and found his favourite atlas, the one that didn't just show all the mountains and rivers and roads and cities, but also had pictures of the animals and flowers that lived in every country of the world. And, rearranging the cushions to make them sit just so, he snuggled down for a good, long read. Bo was busy travelling around Panama in his mind, imagining heading deep into a jungle and pushing past heavy bunches of bananas to come across the sleepiest of sleepy sloths, when a cheerful toot outside interrupted his thoughts. He'd know that cheerful toot anywhere. Outside, Great Aunt Tilly sat in mellow yellow the van, peering into the bookshop and hoping that Bo was inside. Just in case he was, she'd packed a basket of homemade rhubarb and ginger cookies. The rhubarb had been terribly obliging this year, and she'd had heaps of the long, fat, pinkish stems to choose from. Fortunately, the rhubarb made it easy for her, for every time she went to pick a stalk, a single leaf at the end of a stem would shake, as if to tell her which was the finest, juiciest, most rhubarby stem of all. Mellow Yellow tooted her horn again, just to be sure Bo had heard her. Bo stood up and waved to Tilly in the little yellow van, returning his atlas to the bookshelf and retrieving his umbrella from the stand. He dashed out of the shop and in three giant steps made it across to the van door throwing himself inside to avoid as many raindrops as possible. Hello, dear, said Tilly. I thought I'd find you here. There aren't many better places to be on a rainy day, after all, than a bookshop. I was just looking through my favourite atlas, he said. Have you ever been to Panama? Tilly chuckled. Had she ever been to Panama? Of course she'd been to Panama. Tilly, you see, had been absolutely everywhere. She'd been to every place you could find in any atlas. And she'd been to a lot of places that even atlases didn't know existed. Some places are very good at hiding themselves when explorers come looking for them tucking away behind thick clouds or setting up whirlpools around their borders. Tilly was sure there must be corners even she hadn't seen, places that were so bashful and shy they weren't yet ready for any person to visit them. And she was really quite all right with that. Just like people, places have a right to be as quiet and tucked away as they want to be. Listen, dear, I'll tell you all about Panama one day. But right now, I have a little problem and I need your help. I've rather gone and run out of light, you see. Bo looked into the back of the van, 
and she was quite right. It was pitch dark in there. He clambered between the seats and kneeled on the soft nest of a bed, feeling along the books on the shelves at the back, until he came to the snuggly pair of socks and a warm, furry little head. Hello, mouse, said Bo, stroking the little creature that lay snuggled up in the socks. Mouse was the first official vanimal, a living, breathing pair of scissors whenever Tilly or Bo needed to cut something. The mouse nuzzled against Bo's hand before disappearing back into his dream of living in the holes of a giant block of Swiss cheese. Back in the front of Mellow Yellow, Bo asked where one could find light for sale. He'd seen plenty of shops selling lamps and light shades and things like that, but he'd never seen one that just sold light. Thinking about it, he realised it must be a bit of a problem when a person ran out of light. Usually I just bottle up sunlight, said Tilly, as if it was the most normal thing in the world. Of course, said Bo, not wanting to seem like the fool who knew nothing of bottling sunlight. But, as you see, it's raining, and those clouds go on forever. I know, we went all the way to upper starry skies and looked out from the highest point and in every direction. As far as I can see, the skies are grey, grey, grey. It feels as if it's never going to end. And that is often how it feels, isn't it, when it rains? It feels as if it's never going to stop raining and that the sun has quite forgotten how to shine. It's not that I mind rain, continued Tilly. It's terribly good for the roses, after all. But... Everything is so much easier when the sun shines. Bo knew exactly what she meant. One of his favourite things, though, was falling asleep when it was pouring down outside. It somehow made everything extra cosy, buried under blankets and listening to rain drumming gently on the roof. No, said Tilly. Without sunlight, I need to think of something else. I thought about waiting for nighttime to capture some moonbeams or starlight. But with all these clouds around, that won't be possible either. I'm really in quite a pickle and hoped you might have an idea. Bo was quite pleased that Tilly would think even for a heartbeat that he might have a good idea about something. But at the same time, he felt more than a little worried because he really didn't have any ideas at all. Mellow Yellow headed down the hill, taking care to drive extra slowly since the roads were so wet and slippery. She paused at the turning, unsure if Tilly wanted to head home to her cottage or go further in search of the light she needed. Then Tilly popped on the indicator and Mellow Yellow understood. They were off home. 
Bo was happily munching through his second rhubarb and ginger cookie when they pulled up outside the rose-covered cottage. Both he and Tilly tucked themselves under his single umbrella and scuttled up the garden path as quickly as they could. Safely inside, Bo settled down in the kitchen while Tilly bustled about with teapots and sugar bowls. It was chamomile tea, Bo's absolute favourite. Sometimes, when he was having problems falling asleep, he'd take a few sips of chamomile tea and they seemed to soothe every part of his mind and soul, sending him drifting off into dreams in no time at all. Today, though, he had to focus. There was an important problem to be solved. What about candles? Bo suggested. Candles have a lovely light. Yes, I thought of that, said Tilly. But candles aren't a very good idea in Mellow Yellow. I just don't think it would be safe. Bo sighed. She was right. Imagine poor Mouse could singe his whiskers on a candle in the van. Anything could happen. No, he needed a better idea. He remembered taking off his woolly jumper in the dark once and lots of tiny sparks flew into the air. He'd asked his teacher in school the next day and she'd said it was something called static electricity. Could they somehow gather up a jarful of static electricity, he wondered. It's a better idea, said Tilly, slowly and not very convincingly. I think it would take a long time and a lot of jumper shaking to get even a jarful of light, though. Each of those sparks is very, very tiny indeed. Bo's mind started to drift. He'd been thinking as hard as he could and he wasn't getting anywhere and the chamomile tea was making him a little sleepy and the rhubarb and ginger cookies were so warm and soothing. For a moment, he closed his eyes and pretended he was back in the bookshop, curled up in the chair by the fireside and wandering the world with his atlas. In his mind, he turned the pages, heading past Colombia and Guatemala and back to Panama. He explored the page, tracing the lines of the rivers and mountains before looking at the pictures that showed the animals living there. I've got it, he suddenly said, sitting bolt upright. We need fireflies. The atlas showed pictures of tiny specks of light darting around at night, each a soft, yellow, glowing sphere. I knew you'd find the answer, said Tilly delightedly, clapping her hands and rushing around the table to wrap him in one of her floating cloud hugs. Well done, dear, she said and kissed him softly on the cheek. Put down your cup, we're going out. Tilly quite forgot it was raining in her hurry to get back to Mellow Yellow. 
dashing between the heavy drops and appearing by the little van's door before Beau had put his cup back in the saucer. He rushed after her, holding out his arm to help her climb up, up, up into her seat, waiting patiently as she wriggled herself around on her cushions. When he was quite sure she was just as she needed to be, he gently closed the door and went around to his side, climbing in and shaking himself the way a dog does to get as much water off as possible. In the back, the little mouse squeaked something that was either a welcome back or a do you mind, I'm sleeping here. Tilly turned Mellow Yellow's key and coaxed the van back to life. Mellow Yellow had been quite happily taking a nap, dreaming of warmer, sunnier days that matched her shining yellow paintwork and took a while to get her engine going properly. Tilly peered at the windshield and the water pouring down it, a blurred world waiting to be driven into. She flicked the little lever to turn on the wiper blades and nothing. She tried flicking it again, reminding the van what she wanted. Come on, old girl, I need to be able to see where I'm going, she explained. But try as she did, the little old van couldn't get her wiper blades to move. Do you know, I think I have the solution, said Bo, quietly and confidently. The Panama page of the atlas still floated around in his mind. What we need is another vanimal. A vanimal, dear? said Tilly. It's what I call mouse, an animal that lives in the van with us and helps us out. And I think another vanimal can help you clear that windshield. What we need is a sloth. Do you know that's an absolutely wonderful idea, said Tilly. Why, a sloth could just lie on the roof quite happily and wave his long arm up and down to clear the view. And after all, they don't mind the rain one bit. They're quite used to it, really. What with living in rainforests? Bo nodded enthusiastically. That's exactly what I was thinking, he said. Shall we send a message into Sleepy Forest and see if there's a sloth around? Tilly wound down the window just a little and whistled low and soft. It didn't take long for a pigeon to appear, puffed up with the importance of having to deliver a message for Great Aunt Tilly. He listened carefully as she explained exactly what she was after, which was a sloth with the longest, silkiest, smoothest arms of all, and then fluttered off to the forest to see who he could find to help. Bo and Tilly sat and waited until out of the forest flew a pair of golden eagles, and beneath them swung a sleepy, snoozy sloth, softly gripped 
in their long talons. They gently lowered him onto Mellow Yellow's roof, and the pigeon appeared at the window, tapping with his beak. You wonderful bird, said Tilly, handing him a rhubarb and ginger cookie to thank him for his time. The pigeon flew off, happy to have helped, but keen to get back to the little ones in his nest and to snuggle down warm and safe out of the rain. Wasn't that smart of the pigeon to get the golden eagles to carry the sloth, said Tilly to Bo. We'd have been waiting an eternity for the sloth to come by himself. The sloth, hearing this, allowed himself a small smile. She was perfectly right, of course. He did move terribly slowly. He lowered one of his long arms onto the windshield and started slowly waving it back and forth, back and forth, moving the raindrops from side to side and making it perfectly possible for Great Aunt Tilly to see properly again. And now, said Tilly, we're off to find some fireflies. I think I know just the place. So off they bumbled, heading up the lane and through lower starry skies, and back up the hill past the little church and Bo's school, and neither up nor down, and the wool shop named Where There's a Wool There's a Way, all the way up to upper starry skies. And when they reached upper starry skies, Tilly clicked on the indicator so Mellow Yellow knew she had to turn left. And off they went, weaving their way through the puddles and past the fields and meadows, heading, Tilly said, towards the great WWW. The internet? asked Bo, thinking that Tilly was all sorts of wonderful but had definitely lost the plot this time. What on earth is that? she said. The WWW, the Wandering Wandering Woods. Last time I heard, they were over near the village of Lilyhaven. All the while, the sloth's arm slowly eased back and forth, back and forth clearing the rain so Tilly and Mellow Yellow could see where they were going. And in the back, the mouse snored contentedly in his soft bed of socks, nestled between a couple of books of fairy tales. Sure enough, as they neared Lilyhaven, Bo could see a woodland that he was sure had never been there before. It seemed to be moving, ever so slowly, stopping to pause every now and then before heading off, the green trees travelling as one mass of moving leaves and branches and trunks that glided across the ground as if their roots had become quite undone. There it is, said Tilly. Aren't they beautiful? You know, it's very hard to wonder about anything if you're tied down to a single idea and rooted to the spot. And these trees, 
all wondered so very much about so very many things that eventually they just left their roots behind and went for a wonder. They're some of the wisest trees I've ever come across. And I have met trees that are hundreds of years old, you know. I believe there's a group of fireflies living in the woods, lighting the path for them at night. It wasn't so very long ago that Bo had thought the single most wonderful thing about Great Aunt Tilly was her cinnamon cookies. But he was beginning to realise that this tiny old lady with clothes that floated and billowed and danced, even when dampened with raindrops, was even more magical than he'd ever believed possible. As they drew to a stop alongside the edge of the wandering, wandering woods, the sloth drew his arm back up to use as a pillow and was fast asleep by the time Bo and Tilly emerged, clutching clear glass jars ready to be filled with fireflies. Into the woods they went, holding the jars aloft. Tilly called out softly and gently, Fireflies, fireflies, please come and light up my world. And ever so slowly, the word spread through the trees and fireflies gathered, dancing in groups into the empty jars and filling them with the softest, warmest, most beautiful light. It was quite dark by the time they returned to the van, night wrapping around the scene like velvet. I think. It's best if we sleep in Mellow Yellow, don't you? said Tilly, already climbing towards her nest in the back. She hung the jars around the van, and the fireflies slowed their dancing, dimming their lights to just a gentle hint of something soothing and soft. Bo helped the sloth down from the roof and balanced a branch inside, draping the animal's long limbs around so it was quite wrapped up in itself. The sloth nuzzled against the branch, smiling gently at Bo before disappearing into a land of dreams. The mouse's soft snores drifted out from the bookshelves, and Tilly, turned her head on the pillow, this way and that, until she found the perfect spot to sleep. Bo smiled as he hung up the hammock across the front seats, remembering to draw the curtains so Mellow Yellow could get a good night's sleep too. And he climbed into his own little nest, wrapping himself in a blanket and snuggling down, listening to the rain drumming away on the little van's roof and feeling cosier than he ever had before. And the van smiled, rocking gently so the Vanimals and Tilly 
and Beau would be sure to have the dreamiest of dreams and settle down herself to think of country lanes and meadows and sweeping panoramas and sun-dressed views and all the animal friends they would find in the endless, timeless travels they would have. <laughs>